Hey, it's great to be here with you today in this exciting outdoor worship environment that we have. So typically on this Sunday, I try to preach more of a general topic kind of sermon, uh, things like humility or something like that, that like everyone can relate to. Uh, but this is obviously a special year, and uh, new students are not here. So I thought I'd take this opportunity to continue to address some of the things that that we have been talking about that's relevant uh, to our church. But we've been talking a lot about the church in recent weeks, and so I want to continue to do that. Uh, today's title of the sermon is called Belonging to Church. Belonging to Church. I forgot uh, to pray. Let me pray. Lord, thank you that we can be here, uh, gather to worship. We pray that you would bless this time and allow your word to speak to us and help us to be gathered together in our hearts for the purpose of being the church that proclaims the gospel in this campus, in this city, in the world. Be here with us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have been talking about the church in recent weeks. Um, when I first started talking about it, I, I think I did two other sermons about the church. The first one was uh, looking at the church a little more broadly. We talked about the topic of church a little more broadly, about God's vision for the church, which is to preach the gospel for the salvation of souls. Uh, that's why the church exists. It's the church that's been entrusted with the gospel. And then, you know, we talked about how the church will always face opposition, right? Um, the gates of Hades, uh, because the salvation of souls depends on the work of the church and it's a spiritual battle, but at the same time, how Jesus guarantees the victory of the church. He says, uh, I will build my church. And he promises that the church will prevail. So we talked about that. And then a, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the church not, you know, after talking about it more broadly, we talked about it a little more personally. That considering that this is what the church is, that we can't just have an individualistic mindset when it comes to church. But each member is called to build up the other members of the body of Christ. Because we talked about how we belong to each to one another and this point is especially relevant these days as we're limited in our ability to gather together because of what's going on and so what can i do under these circumstances to build up the other members of the church now we talked about those kinds of things today i want to continue on this trail and talk about church not only broadly not only personally but more practically what does it mean to practically belong to the church. At Vision Night on Friday, we talked a little bit about our plans for membership in the next five years. We want to institute some sort of church structure so that people can be members of CLC. And someone asked about how church membership would make a difference um, in our church. Like what difference would that make? Why is church membership important? And I realized that even though like we have talked about these things here and there um, over the years, it's may probably been a while since we addressed it, so so I want to talk about it today. Like more practically, what does it mean to be a member of the church? And also practically, uh, why is understanding church membership important? Um, okay, so these are some things that we should be aware of as we move forward together uh, in CLC in year eleven. Uh, like I mentioned, this. Uh, 
we just celebrated, no, no one actually celebrated, but we just had the 10th year, year anniversary of our church, which was, I think, uh, Saturday. And now we're going into year 11. And so these are things that we need to keep in mind as we move forward. And not only for our church, but, you know, I understand that many of you will not be a part of our church even like years down the line, you'll be a part of a different church. So as you move forward to different churches, what kind of mindset should you have as a member of that church? And I think it's very important in that in a sense. Okay, so now as we talk about this, let me backtrack a little bit again and say that the thing, these things that I'm going to talk about really don't make sense if you remove it from the context of what we already talked about in the previous sermons about the church. Matthew 16, 18, we saw that in detail. Matthew 16, 18, when Jesus says to Peter, On this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So the church we talked about is an assembly of those who have been called out. That's the definition. Called out of the the world, out of sin, out of self-centeredness to follow Christ, to worship God to fulfill his mission in the world. And God, this verse says, gave the keys, the keys of the kingdom of heaven to the church. So it's the church that's been given the gospel that saves. That's why belonging to a church is important. That's why belonging to a church is not like belonging to your Tuesday bowling league. I, I belong to that and I, I, like I, I have certain responsibilities that go with that. It's not like that. There has to be a certain attitude before God from the people who have been given the gospel. So, so this is why understanding church membership is important. Okay, uh, two main things I'm going to talk about. The benefits of belonging to church. Benefits of belonging to a church. And then the responsibilities of belonging to a church. Very simple outline. First, the benefits of belonging to a church. Romans 12, 4. Again, we saw this. Before Romans 12, 4, for as in one body we have many members, right, like the arms and legs and things like that, for as in one body we have many members and the members do not all have the same function, so we, in the church, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So Paul says that in the church we are, he says, individually members one of another. NIV translates that each member belongs to all the others. So in the Bible, the church is never a building. The Bible never talks about going to church. In the Bible, the church is a people. So we don't go to church. We are the church. Even if this building wasn't here, like this is still a church. We are the church, and we belong to a church. So what are the benefits of belonging to a church? Um, I straight up copied this. I straight up cut and paste this out of uh, the Nine Marks, out of a Nine Marks article. Right? It's uh, I think it was entitled, like, what are the benefits? <laughs> I'm trying to talk about what are the benefits of belonging. I, I, I googled what are the benefits of belonging to a church. This article, so I straight up copied and pasted this from a Nine Marks article. And these were the points. They had five points. These are the five points. They had some things written under those points. 
and I'm going to fill in. I'm going to fill in a few extra comments under each point. So that's what this is. Okay. So number one, the benefits. What are the benefits of belonging to a church? It says it commits you, the Christian. It commits you, the Christian. It says. It's good to commit yourself to love and to serve others. You will grow as a Christian as you commit to encourage, build up, strengthen, serve, rebuke, and pray for other Christians. Okay, so, so that's the thing. Like when a person takes that oath and says, I choose to be a member of this church, it holds you to a level of commitment. You enter church membership saying, I understand that this is what, what's expected of me, and you agree to that, and that's a benefit to you because it makes you more committed. It commits you the Christian. Second thing, others are committed to you. Becoming a member of a church means joining with an entire group of Christians who have now covenanted to watch over you spiritually. If you're a member of a church, you have an entire church full of people who are publicly committing to loving you and serving you and watching over you. And we obviously, all of us, need that as we walk this faith journey. Can't do this alone. We frequently come to moments where we can't go through it ourselves. But now as a church member, you have people who have made a promise before God to be faithful to you. That's one of the benefits of being a church member. Thirdly, it says elder protection. If you're a member of a church, that church's elders and pastors should care for you, pray for you, personally counsel and teach you. As a member of their church, they are accountable to God for how they lead you. Hebrews 13, 17. So the way that it works is Jesus is our great shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. And we are his sheep. Now, how does Jesus take care of us as his sheep? How does Jesus take care of our souls? It's through his delegated shepherds in the church. We saw when Jesus reinstates Peter, what does he say? Feed my sheep. He calls Peter to serve him in his, in his ministry. What does that mean? Feed my sheep. So God has called and ordained elders, overseers in the church to represent his shepherding care over his sheep. And that's one of the benefits of belonging to a church. I remember this one time years ago, um, this couple in our church was about to get married. And so usually when they do that a few weeks before they do, a uh, few months before they go through a series of pre-marriage counseling uh, with me to prepare for their their marriage. It's like a series of, you know, several sessions where we meet together and talk about different topics relevant to, to marriage. And I remember when we met for the first session, the guy, the groom-to-be, uh, said to me, like, so um, so how much is this going to cost? Right? So he was, like, asking, like, what is uh, what is the cost of this series of <laughs> counseling um, uh, so we can pay you for your services? Uh, first, I was kind of taken aback because no one ever said that before. Um, and then, I, actually, honestly, like part of me felt, uh, part of me was a little offended. Right? 
right? It's, it's, it sounds weird, like, but honestly, like, part of me felt offended because I'm doing this not because, like, you know, I'm like some uh, uh, counseling institution, and I'm, but I do this. I'm doing this because I'm your pastor. I'm doing this because I care for you because I want you to have a great marriage. And that's the thing. The overseers, the elders have been called by God to shepherd his sheep. And ultimately, that structure as your pastor cares for you is ultimately the good shepherd's God's care for you. Fourthly, uh, benefit, it says, safety net. Safety net. And this is what it says. In his book, Stop Dating the Church, Joshua Harris points out that it's comforting to know his church would kick him out rather than tolerate his unrepentant sin. Being a church member means that a whole church full of people are committed to helping you live a life that is pleasing to God, even to the point of excluding you from the church if you stop repenting of sin. While this sounds harsh to some, to those of us who know the deceitfulness of sin, this is an immensely comforting and encouraging reality. Hebrews 3.12 So, you know, so apart from people, um, not apart, like apart, a part of people being committed to you and seeking your best interests, a part of that means that there are people who will come and talk to you if they see something that's going on in your life that's not right. And that's what should happen in any good family, right? If there are other members of a family we're doing something and the people in the family feel like oh you don't do that you shouldn't do that and if no one says anything then it's much easier to go down a wrong path and that's exactly the kind of dynamic that should be happening in any good church people will come to you and help you in those situations so that you don't go down the path of the deceitfulness of sin like you might be thinking I want to do this there's nothing wrong with this. But then the, the people around you in your covenant community, your church, uh, uh, other members who have committed to love you, who are more sober-minded when it comes to that, might be you know, coming to you to tell you, like, that's wrong. That's messed up. You can't do it. You can't think like that. And the fact that you have people like that in your life is a benefit to you as a church member. Fifthly, assurance. Another, lastly, benefit of assurance. Member, membership in the church's, uh, aff, membership is the church's affirmation of the valid, validity of someone's profession of faith. The church looks at a person's life, hears their explanation of the gospel and how they came to believe and says, you look like a Christian to us, so join us. Watch over our lives and we'll watch over yours. So while membership is a church. So while membership in a church doesn't guarantee that someone's a Christian, it should uh, it should assure believers of the genuineness of their faith. So uh, when we do start the process of church membership in CLC, um, every candidate will go through a series of membership classes, and then after that, each candidate will be interviewed personally because the pastor has to check: is this person a Christian? Is this person serious about following Jesus? 
And if you become a, a church member, you have the assurance that others in the church are validating your profession of faith. Okay? So, so these these five di- five things, different churches will call these things diff- like different things. You know, they might have different labels like accountability, member care, pastoral care, and those kinds of things. But these are all different ways that God shows us His grace. These are His graces to us as we become members and belong to our local church. Okay, so those are the benefits. Benefits of belonging to a church. Lastly, secondly, responsibilities. Responsibilities of belonging to a church. Now, um, we live in America, and uh, what <laughs> what that means is we're really good at uh, being consumers. Uh, we like shopping, and when we shop, we have a certain mindset. We're looking for things that we like, and we reject what we don't like. For example, if you're shopping for a car, you have so many different options when you start. Well, do I do I start with a do I want a new car or do I want to do I want to save money and get a used car? Oh, I want a new car. Should I get a Subaru? A Honda, a Toyota? Oh, I want a Subaru because all-wheel drive, very important in Minnesota. Oh, I like that color. I don't like that color. Ooh, leather seats, heated seats. I like he- heated seats. Oh, power tailgate would be awesome. So that's what we do. We think like that. That's what we do when we're in the consumer mindset. Now, people often bring that kind of consumerism, that kind of mindset to church. I like this about our church. I don't like this about our church. Well, I like this youth program. Well, I don't like that Sunday school program. I like how they're doing online worship. I wish our church would do that too. And, uh, you know, we begin thinking like that, and in the end, you end up with an attitude that's so far from what God intended for church membership. I mean, think about um, think about it in this way: every family has expectations and responsibilities of their family, right? In their family, the family as a whole has expectations of every member of that family, and every member of that family has their own responsibilities. Like we expect you in this family to be at the dinner table. Because you belong to this family. So that kind of dynamic exists in any family. And Paul, the Apostle Paul says, the church is the household of God. The church is a family. is a household of God. So the dynamics, it works the same way in the local church. There are benefits, but also there are expectations. There are responsibilities that come with belonging to a church. There are things that, are, that, that other people should have uh, expectations of me. And what are those What are those responsibilities? Um, before we talk about these, some of these responsibilities, let me let me just mention that the church is a people whose hearts have been transformed by the grace of God. Right? The Holy Spirit is at work in the hearts of church members. So that means the members of the church are people who are committed to the cause of the gospel, 
And now because of the heart transformation, now they, they want to. They want to fulfill these responsibilities. Because it's the Holy Spirit that is at work in them. And how does, you know, how does that, that spirit in them get displayed and work out in their church life? Okay, so, um, one, two, three, four, five. So six things, responsibilities, assemble together, assemble together. One article I read said, you're not a member of the Tuesday night bowling league if you don't take responsibility to show up on Tuesday nights to bowl. I read that and I was like, wow, that is so profound. <laughs> wow, if you're not there, then you can't bowl. By definition, the church is an assembly of God's people. So if the people don't gather, then you don't have a church. There is no church. And that's why we're even trying outdoor worship. And I mean, obviously, this is a limited time thing because eventually it's going to get cold. Um, <laughs> can't do this. So we'll try to figure something out. But it's because gathering is important. And so we're trying to make it possible, even if at all possible, to safely gather even during a pandemic. Okay? So we're responsible, number one, gather together. Secondly, commit to the church. Um, it's no secret that there are people in every church who go to church rather than belong to the church. That exists in any church. There are many people who use the church mostly for their benefit, for social reasons, because, you know, people I can go hiking with, I go to church, meet people, stuff like that. And so that's why, you know, a lot of times people often pick and choose when they show up, when they don't show up, pick and choose when they serve, when they don't serve. It's, it's, a, it's a consumerism mindset. It's a, a convenience mindset. But I briefly, you know, mentioned this at Vision Night that church membership is important because it, it, it's, it challenges us to confront that consumerism mindset because each church member should be committed to the church if they're committing and following. And, you know, a lot of times when they do church membership, they sign a piece of paper agreeing to certain terms, each church member should be committed to the church in the same way that you expect the pastor of your church to be committed to the church. The pastor is committed to the church because he's called to that church by God to serve and fulfill his functions. But at the same time, biblically, when you look at it, everyone else in the church, the not pastors, right, the lay persons, are also called by God to the local church. They just hold different roles within the church, but they're called by God just the same. So think about the people who go overseas to do missions work, right? There are several people that we support that are serving overseas, and we get updates from them periodically. Like their, their thinking is, okay, so they leave everything behind here in the States, and then they intentionally go to a place that might be less comfortable to live because they want to serve God. 
They want to build the church of Jesus Christ there. Why? Because they feel called by God to go there and serve there and build the church there. We expect it of them. Like, why would, like, that's why we support them financially. Why would you give them money if, like, if you feel like they're going to go there and, and just be lazy, right? We expect that of them to serve like that with that kind of mindset, to be committed, to, to be called by God and to be committed to their work. Now, we here are not in any, in any way less called by God. I don't think that that calling mindset should be any different for people who serve God here. They're committed to their church there. Then that's why they serve there. They're called to serve there. You're called to be a Christian here. Called to commit to your local church here with the same mindset. We are not any less of a follower of Jesus Christ than they are. So why should we have any different levels of commitment in the church, right? Like, why are there, like, why do we think, like, oh, the pastor should be committed this much, the missionary should be committed this much, and me, I'm just, like, I'm just a lay worker. I can be committed this much. I'm just a student. I can be committed this much. We need to change that kind of consumer mindset when it comes to church because we're all called by God in the Bible to be committed to our local church. Um, Thirdly, third responsibility, support the vision of the church. Every church, church with a capital C, the unit, every church is supposed to have the same biblical vision, right? Advance the kingdom of God through the preaching of the gospel. That's the big vision of the capital C church. But each local church should have its own specific vision. Small C church, each local church has its own specific vision. So there are some churches that are really about doing missions work. They're wholehearted about about missions work. There are some local churches, their vision is caring for the poor in their community. Different, different visions that churches have, and then they lay that out, and each church member, when they come to their church, they understand what that church's vision is. Can I support the vision of this church? Do I believe in this? Do I want to back this up? Do I want to be a part of this, this vision? So, so first understand what your church is about. And if you choose to be a member of that church, then wholeheartedly support the vision of that church and pull in the same direction. Fourthly, serve the ministry of the church. Serve the ministry of the church. Ephesians 4.11, Ephesians 4.11 says he uh, God he gave apostles prophets evangelists shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ so it says God gave these people who have been called right apostles prophets evangelists shepherds teachers God gave like appointed these people to equip the saints, that's like everyone else in the church, the lay people, the students, all of to equip the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. So, so this goes against this, you know, like people mistakenly often think that the pastors are supposed to do the work of the church. And then the lay persons 
the other, the, you know, like members of the church, they're supposed to either not work or work less. But here it says every member of the church is a minister of the church. They are to do the work of ministry. So the pastor's role is to equip people for works of service. And every member in the church should be serving in some way. And through their service, like we said, everyone is pulling in the same direction. Going along with that, 1 Peter 4.10, each of you, 1 Peter 4.10, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So, so you know, this could, this could include like loving people, serving people in the church, and also reaching out to the people outside the church. If you want to just generally break it down like that. But everyone has some way that God has gifted them to contribute to the cause of the gospel, to the mission, the vision of the church. So we're to use our gifts to serve others. So this is talking about everyone. Everyone in, this is how it's supposed to work. Everyone in the local church should be pulling together, serving, using their gifts, doing the work of ministry. Uh, fifthly, and this is, this is a huge thing in part of membership, submit to the authority of the church. Hebrews 13, 17. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders, submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy, not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So this is the flip side of what we talked about, the benefits of belonging to a church. There's the, the shepherding care, the pastoral care, overseers of your soul that God appointed. The flip side of it is, uh, every church member should submit to the authority of the church because that's the way that God structured the church. Like he called some to be overseers of souls in the church. They will have to give an account to God in terms of how they fulfilled their calling that God gave them. And then God calls the church to submit to these overseers out of their submission to God. So, so I mean, you, you can ask yourself, do you, as a, as a, a member of the church, follow in a way that makes your pastor full of joy, or do you make him groan? The pastor thinks about you and he groans. Why is he in our church? God, take her away. I mean, who knows uh, all the different conversations that take place? You know? Who knows all the secret conversations that take place about church, about the pastors? I mean, these days, I hear there's a lot of criticism about churches and pastors by church members, especially during the pandemic, because church is not uh, maybe like meeting their needs or doing things different, whatever. I hear there's a lot of criticism. Uh, you know, it's just that kind of thing. Like, oh, did you hear what the pastor said? Uh, what do you think about that? Talking, gossiping. Yeah, I didn't like that. Oh, man, I don't know about that. 
And uh, of course, it's all obviously those kinds of attitudes that divide the church and uh, <laughs> makes the pastor groan. And I think this is one of the most important things that if you belong to a church, that the responsibilities that the church member has is to pray for your pastors and to submit to their authority. And then sixthly, lastly, I'm not going to say much about it, but uh, responsibility number six, give to the mission of the church. Give to the mission. I'm talking about financially, right? Every member of the church should be tithing. There are expenses in functioning in a church. I mean, look at this great tent right here. You think this is free? This is not free. It costs money to buy an extraordinary tent like this. And all of that happens as people contribute uh, financially as members of the church. And, uh, okay, so, um, so that's it. Talked about this at Vision Night as well, but I want to, uh, I mean, again, like we have limitations right now in being a church or like functioning together as a church, but I think it's good because the pandemic allows us to set the reset button, to push the reset button. I'm thankful as I look back in the past decade, thankful for all the great people that we had in our church who did their best to become to be great members of CLC. And we would not be here at this point without them. And all of their contributions, how they served, how they prayed, how they gave themselves to God and sacrificed themselves to the ministry of the gospel of this local church. And even as we look forward to the future, I want to move forward with, with the same-minded people who believe in what CLC is doing and are willing to be Kind of church members that God's calling them to be. These days, I'll finish with this. I've been watching a lot of uh, a lot of wild animal videos on YouTube. So what? What? So it's not like uh, the National Geographic. I don't like those those kind of wild animal videos because those are edited. It's not really like actual events that took place in in the right in the same moment. They edit it and make it. So I don't like this. I like watching videos of people who went on safaris, uh, and then they videotaped and they captured this this wild animal, this predator, chasing after and uh, catching lunch. And and then you know they they film it and then they upload it and then oh, it's just it's, it's just fascinating. In particular, I've been watching a lot of lions hunt. Now, lions, they usually, like, you know, some animals, like tigers, I think usually tigers hunt alone. Lions hunt together with their pride as a group together. So it's fascinating. Like, these are really smart animals. So you need to know this in case you're ever chased by a lion in somewhere. Like, so, like, one, one lion might, like, come and startle you and attack you and make you go in this direction and then there are like two other lions that are waiting crouching and waiting ready to pounce on you when you come in that it's, it's fascinating these are very intelligent creatures um, so so they hunt together like this and obviously these these preys like they they run now 
what's really interesting is that there are some animals, some preys, where when they're being chased by lions, the rest of them flee, right? Like one of them is being chased by the pride of lions, the rest of the herd all run away. So their mindset is, I don't have to be the fastest one here. I just don't, just don't be the slowest one. Because the slowest one will get captured. Just, you know, let them sacrifice that one and just run away. So like gazelles are like that. Lion comes and catches like the rest of them run away. Zebras are like that. Like one of them is captured in the jaws of a lion and the rest like from a distance they just watch. There are other animals that function very differently. Pride, pride of lions come after one of them and then the rest of them come to protect the one that's being attacked. So like, it seems like elephants are like that. The lions come and they, 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 they attack the small one, the baby lion, the elephant. And then the mama elephant is furious now and comes to stomp on the attacking lions, basically saying, leave my cousin alone. The Bible says that Satan is like a roaring lion, seeking, ready to devour. And I pray that we'll be the church that truly cares for one another. It's not, it's not just about me watching out for myself. As long as I'm doing okay, it's fine. But that we would be the church that receives this call. Not only to, to love God and to be his people, but take on the responsibility to care for one another and to be truly the church that God is calling for us to be. Let's pray together. There are definitely going to be a lot of challenges moving forward this semester, even reaching out in the upcoming weeks, how we're going to do small group, uh, different events that we normally have, obviously going to be canceled. We're not going to have those kinds of things. There's going to be probably a less of a sense of community because we're not able to still gather freely and things like that. All of those limitations exist, but at the same time, when the hearts of the people of God in the church are on fire for God. Really, none of those limitations matter. If I'm set on loving my brother, my sister, caring for one another, giving myself, utilizing my gifts to serve in the church, outside the church, then the church of Jesus Christ can thrive and we can build up one another even in circumstances like this, I pray that we would really take on these privileges, the benefits, and as well, the expectations and responsibilities and serve God during these difficult times. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would strengthen your people. Just be with us throughout this semester, all the different things that we have planned. pray that you would use it, and even through these unusual times that you would allow your gospel to go forth and your people to rise up to be the church of Jesus Christ. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray. Lord, we just uh, commit this new academic year to you, the 11th year of our church to you. We depend on you because we know that you are in control of all things. 
and you are good, and you are powerful, and you use difficulties in our lives and in the life of your church to fulfill your purposes in this world. We trust in you. Our ultimate hope is in you. So we cling on to you. We pray that you would work uh, in this community, in this campus, in the Twin Cities, in this world, during these troubled times. And uh, we pray that as you work and show your mighty hand, the name of Jesus Christ, would be revealed and exalted. Thank you, Lord. We trust in you. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, incredible unchanging love of the Father God, the fellowship, the strength, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you, God's people, both now and forever. Amen.